Okay, so we welcome back to our ongoing series of the study of Daf Yomi, or Masechet Chagigah Daf Chavkimol Amar And today we are going to complete our study of the first three Mishnayot and the eleven uh, stringencies that we practice in the context of Kodesh relative to Truma. And uh, number six is Kelim Amigmarim B'Taharat. Important to look at the, the uh, handout today, uh, both for the background about the dispute with the Tzluki, and also the Mishnah, which we're going to refer to, which is right above the three psukim. Uh, we'll get to the, <coughs> we'll get to those matters <coughs> when, uh, when, uh, they pop up. <coughs> we said the Kelim Marim Tahara, meaning vessels that are completed, the forming of those vessels happens, the Tahara can be used for Truma without another Tvilah, but for Kodesh need another Tvilah. Now the question is the Gamrinu mind. Who is the one who finished making them? If it's a chaver, someone who we know is very careful about to the tahrad, so lamalu tefila. Why would you never ever need to take them to tefila? Elder gamino amaritz must be an amaritz made. So nikmarim b'taru karulu. How can you call them completed b'tarav? Who's an amaritz? Amarav Rashiva, Amarav Matna, Amar Shmuel, and Shmuel here divides the solution based on a precedent that we'll see later on. The Olam, the Gamrino Chaver. For sure, we're talking, certainly we're talking about Kalim that were completed by a Chaver. Meaning, before they were completed, they weren't Makabal Tuma because they weren't a Kli. And now it was a Chaver who was making them, so they're not Tamei. However, uh, <coughs> we're concerned about a spittle or something like that <coughs> of an Amaris that might have fallen on them. The Nafal Eimat. When did it fall? If it's, the spit fell on the vessel before it was a completed vessel, it's not a clear, there's no tumor. It must be that after it fell on it. So Nizar Zarbu, but the Chaver is careful to not let his kelim be around anybody once they're finished. Right, that an Amaret should be nearby and have a spit go on him, etc. Well, by the way, what's the problem with the spit of an Amaret? Is that Chshash uh, Zav, he might be a Zav who never be as Mitameh, or Mitaher. So Neolami Kamei Digmari must be that he spit on it beforehand. Dilavi Dana Digmari Adan Lechahu, but perhaps the um, moisture is still there after he finished it, and then it's Matame. Okay. Now, we notice that we only need Tfila. In other words, that Kli has to go to the mikvah. Tfila in Herav Shemeshlo, but the Kli can be used immediately afterwards for Kodesh, and we don't say it has to wait until nightfall, which is normally the case with a person or a Kli. It has to go to the mikvah, we need Herav Shemesh. We don't need that here. So we suggest that our Mishnah does not uh, work in accordance with Rabbi Eliezer. Why? Because we have a parallel case as follows. None. Let's say you have a tube that is a rough tube, and you want to cut it in order to use it to keep the water, or to use as a, a conduit for the water for the paraduma. So until it was cut, it wasn't a cleat. So as soon as you cut it, you have to put it in the mix. So first be matami, and then take it to the mix. Now, why do we have to do that? We'll see why, why Rabbi Yeshua was suggesting matami in a second. So we ask the question there, who is it who cut the tube? If it's a chaver, why would anybody need this tefillah? Well, after all, he's careful about keeping a patara. So why would Rabbi Yeshua say, first thing the Tameyin? If an Amaretz cut it, you have to assume it's Tameyin, you have to be Matulah. That's Tameyin the Kai. 
And uh, so how do we, how can we say that the guy who cuts the shofar himself has to go to the mikvah? Well, you know what they did? They regarded this shofar as if it was a tzmei mate. A tzmei mate meaning a kli that was, let's say, in the house where somebody died. If that's the case, we should require uh, that on the third and seventh day to do our job. <coughs> Um How come the Bryce said the guy who cuts it just has to go to the mikvah, not Shlish and Shvi and Hazar and everything else? Uh-huh. Here's what they did. They made this Shvoferet, considered as if it was a Tmei mate. And it was as if this thing had been touched by a, by a mate or been in the OL or whatever. Uh, but on the seventh day, meaning it, as, as if it had already had Hazar the third and seventh day, and now we put it in the mikvah, and, wait, and, and normally we would wait for nightfall, and it's treated like a, a clear that's tamay with too much mate, the tamay others and everything else, but after we put it into the mikvah, we already use it for the para, and that's the hekra litsuki. Good. But you're telling me that we took a clear and we made up a new category called automatically seventh day post hazog, and here we have a bright that says they never made any new categories or innovations for paraduma. So, so it sounds like they did make a new category. You know what it means to make a new category? It's like we have too much Moshe with the first pasuk by Hashem al So uh, that means that things that people normally sit on uh, are Tomei Tumat Moshe, the Zav Right? So that means they never said that a shovel is Tomei with too much Yeshiva, too much Moshe. I might think if you turned over a basket and sat on it, you're That's why it says somebody who sits on a kli that a person sits on. Only kalim that are used specifically for sitting. As opposed to this, like a basket or like or like a shovel or something else, which you have to pick up to use. In other words, as opposed to a chair that sits there and that's its job. So in other words, what did they not innovate when the brightness says they never innovated anything? They didn't make up a whole new category saying, we're going to apply too much Moshe to things you don't sit on. That they didn't say. But to take a, pre- take a pre-existing category, like too much Shiva, and say we're going to apply it to this cleave, and we're going to have it enter on Yom HaShvi, that's not considered an innovation, rather an application, and that's fine. Good. Ma'ala number seven. The cleave... For Kodesh, anything that's in a Kli becomes Tamei, all the things in the Kli. Kli joins them together, and not for Truma. Where did this come from? So Rechanin is going to claim that it's still a writer. Now, Hafachat, this is a verse that is in the context of the gifts of the Nisim, which means all the things are a Kodesh, so that's why we would only apply it to Kodesh. It says tafachat, one spoon that has uh, this amount of chlorine in it, etc. Akatuv kasa olu chumash v'kafachat. Kaf achat, meaning everything in the spoon is considered one. So, in other words, something that's in one part of the spoon gets touched, they're all considered one. So that's very nice, except for the following problem. Maybe Rav Kahana, take a look at the Mishnah that's on top of the page. The Mishnah from Adio. It's really not the whole Mishnah. I cut out the first line because it was not Minyanenu. And Rabbi Shimon Matera gave testimony that the Ephra Chatat, that a Tomei touched part of it, the whole thing is Tomei. And if Akiva added on to that, 
Solet and Toret and Levona, the frankincense, the Yachalim, the Kols, the Neitzvul Yom. Touched some of them. All, all of them are Pasul. So now, the secret of the Kivasun, the Torah, the Yom, the Gatsul, Yom, the Yom, the Yom, the Yom, the And this is clearly the Rabbanan. How do I know it's the Rabbanan? Because he's adding on to Shem and Batera talking about Efra Chatat. Efra Chatat cannot be the Oraita in this context because Efra Chatat is not Kodshem Mizbeach. It doesn't go on the Mizbeach. And the Pasuk Kafachat is talking only about Kodshem Mizbeach. So therefore, Shem and Batera's testimony has to be about a rabbinic level of uh, distance. That if a Tzvul, if a Tamei touches part of the uh, Efer, the whole Efer is Tamei, and if we keep extending that now to these other things. So therefore, it seems to be Right? So he says, no, you know what, what Rabbi Kiva's addition is? Rabbi Kiva's adding on to things that are left over, like the extra part of the mincha, not the part that goes on the Mizbeah. Besides the little bit of the mincha, the comets and the frankincense, the rest of the mincha, and if that part isn't a clean, and somebody touches part, the rest is Tamei, the Oraita, Tzarech L'Kliya, Klimet Sarfo, because the Deen to Oraita is anything that needs a clean to be Mekadish. Kli, then, everything in the clean is joined. She'en Tzarech L'Kliya, but something that doesn't need a clean to be Mekadish, like Shi'ari Mincha, Ein Klimet Sarfo, the clean does not join them together. Shi'ari Mincha is the stuff that's left over that's eaten by the Kohanim, except in cases where the Mincha is burned, like Mincha Kohen, and that does not need to be in a kli in order to be mekadesh it. So therefore, after Rabbanon, the Gazer the Afogav the Notzerich Lakli a kli b'tzarfo, and the Rabbanon came and extended it and said, even if the kli is not needed, the kli still brings it together. So now, the problem is Rabbi Kiva added four things: solik, tarot, levon, and gechali. Turn off solik. I understand solik, but tarot and levonah. I can't remember what are you going to say about tarot and levonah. They do need a kli to be mekadesh them. Let's say that you had collected these things on a flat piece of pelt. So, right, so you're still talking with Sarif, and let's talk with Sarif, because Mito, right, so only if it has a receptacle are they joined, but if they're all flat, spread out on a, on a flat skin, and somebody touches one of the pieces that's over there, what would connect it to the other pieces? That's what I'm thinking, I forgot they no talk with Sarif. So, the Rabbanon came along and extended and said, even though there has no receptacle, no bulb, Nonetheless, all of them are part of one Torah, they're all Tameh. Rabbi Hanin, who by the way we're clearly rejecting here, who said that this is a din da oraisa from Kafachad, is, is not consistent with Rabbi Chiyabar Abadam, Rabbi Chiyabar Abadam, Rabbi Yochanan, made a Rabbi Nakiva, and Shnei Mishnazu. Our mission is an outgrowth of Rabbi Kiva's testimony. Rabbi Kiva's testimony is clearly the Rabbanan because it's an extension of Rabbi Shimon who was talking about Efra Chatat that cannot be as far as this theme is concerned, the Oraita. Good. Ma'ala number eight. That a Ravi Bakodesh is Pasul, and only a Shlishi in Truma is Pasul. Rabbi Yossi says, I can prove to you that a Ravi Bakodesh is Pasul, and this is the Oraita now. The Dinu. Remember, somebody, let's say, a Zad. After his seventh day, and he's gone to the Mikvah, the sun has gone down. But he hasn't yet brought his korban the next day. He's allowed to eat truma. Fossil bakodesh, not allowed to eat kachim until he brings his korban. Shlishi, shapasal truma, so a shlishi, which, in meaning, uh, a, you have uh, your sheret, and then a person touches the sheret, that person's a risha, that person touches the kli, the kli is now a shani, 
the clean touches some food, and that food is truma. That puzzle, that shlishi is puzzle. Um, so now, umama chusukivayim shemotem b'truma puzzle b'kodesh. Shlishi is puzzle b'truma. So if a shlishi is puzzle b'truma, in odin she yasser reveal kodesh. Certainly, it will extend it further, right? Which is kind of a cheat of a kavachomer because he's uh, overlooking the issue of dayo. Uh, Rashi deals with this point, so it's also called Vulamanu Shlishi Vakodesh Minatorah. So we know that Shlishi Minakodesh, Shlishi Vakodesh is Minatorah. As you see in the third Pasuk on the page, Vash Basar Sheyigabo Chol Tamei Lo Ye Achel. In some engineer, it's meat that touches anyone who is Tamei. The person who is Tamei is a, it could even be a Shani, because a person who touches anything Tamei means he touches a Risha. Rishon, remember, is Doraita. So anything that's Tamei, for instance, you have somebody who's in an OLMA, and that person touches a Kli. That Kli is a Rishon, and it's Tomei Doraita. HaBasar Sheigabachol Tamei, right, meaning, so if somebody touches that Kli, and he passes it further on, so that's already Shlishi Torah. Or Raviv, the Kalvachomer. And we extend it to Raviv by our Kalvachomer from Mechus Yikipurit. So Shlishi Minatorah, 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 are we talking about a basar that touched a sheni? I take it back. And you didn't have a sheni door right. And therefore, anything that touches anything to me is lo yeachel. So basar, which touches anything, which could mean even a sheni, is, is, not, is inedible. And Torah said lo yeachel. So therefore, you see a shlishi in a Torah. Ravini kavachomer hadam rana. The ravini we get from the kavachomer, which we already mentioned. We now move on to the next ma'ala on the page. It's um, item number uh, four, uh, Roman numeral number four. It's ma'ala number nine, and that is as follows. Truma So regarding truma, if one hand becomes tame, the tumah the other hand is perfectly okay. The kodesh yaftimato both of them. Amram shizdi the chiburin shanu. So shizdi advances the position. This is only true if the Tame hand is holding the Torah hand while the Torah hand is holding the Kodesh. But if, they're, if the hands are separate from each other, even in the case of Kodesh, the Torah hand can hold Kodesh. Savai challenges the following. Yad a dried off hand. Metame chaverta. It touches another hand, it's metame. Metame la Kodesh. In order to metame Kodesh. Avalot truma. These are red. So, right, so Rebbe says, it's for Kodesh, but not for Truma, but it's Metame. Yosemite Yehuda merit lifsol avalola Tame. Yosemite Yehuda says, no, it's not Metame, it's just Postal, meaning it's Postal Kodesh, meaning it's Ravine, not a Shlishi. Now, if you accept the principle that our Mishnah is talking about when the hands are separated, then I understand why there's a Chiddush, that even a Yad Neguva that touches um, uh, a tower hand makes it Tomei for Kodesh. But if you're going to tell me that our Mishnah's principle is only if you're holding on to the Tomei hand at the tower hand at the time, that it's a problem, so my revuted in the Guva, then what's the Chiddush in saying that a dried off hand, uh, in other words, there's no Mashkim there, that touches the tower hand is Metamei. Basically, the, the principle works as follows. Do we understand that the issue of the Tomei hand affecting the Torah hand is a Ma'ala Bakodesh, 
or exera. In other words, is it because of a real concern that you might really directly touch the Kodesh? Or is it just an extra legal piece in order to make, um, in order to make Kodesh uh, more enhanced? So Rav Shizu says, Zolom the and says, clearly just a Zerah, that you're afraid you're directly going to touch the Kodesh. So if you're touching your hand while your hand has Kodesh, you could easily touch the Kodesh. So we did prove it by saying, take a look at this. Rosh Lokish said, Lo shanu yado, He says, the only problem is when it's your own hand, but your friend's hand doesn't affect you. Right? So Rosh Yochanan says, it doesn't matter. Which means if we accept Rosh Yochanan's position, then it's not about exactly that you might touch the Tumah, because your friend's hand is not in that group, it's just a Mawa. But he says, and by the way, I don't take it as far as you, which is the Tameh, but it's the soul. Now, in the time he's safe, uh, quoted from, from our Mishnah that says that one hand is Metameh and other for Kodesh, but not for Truma. Good. So why did I have to mention that? When we learned the Mishnah a couple days ago, we saw that the uh, that that comment was the only doubled comment in the Mishnah. It said, Yad, uh, if you, when you have one hand that's Tameh, you can't touch Kodshim with the other hand, but you may touch Truma, and we had an explanation. Shayad metameh chavertol ha-Kodesh v'lo-Truma. Why add that? El-Lav Shwamin al-Atu yad chavero. The Yochanan said it's there to include even a few friends' hands. The Amr Shlokish Adarbeh, Rishlokish himself admitted the point, Amr Rami Amr Shlokish, Chad Yadova Chad Yad Chavero. So Tayyel v'sol v'lo v'tameh. Rishlokish repeated exactly what the Yochanan said, which is it doesn't matter if it's your hand or the other fellow's hand, which means the concern here is not one of Gzeira, that you might come and touch the Kodesh, but rather it's a Ma'ala of the Kodesh. The soul of Allah Tamei Tanoi, this issue that it's only postal, not Matame, is Tanoi, is a Machloka Tanaim design. Call a Postal Betruma, Matame Yadain Riot Shmiel. Anything that could be Postal Betruma, like uh, food that's a Shani. Metame yadayim, or clay that's a shenim. Metame yadayim liot shniot. If the yadayim touches, those yadayim become shniot. The yad metame chaverta v'rishua. Right? In one hand can be metame the other. Chacham omim yadayim shniot, ain't ben shenios a shenim b'cholim. The Rabbanim disagreed and said that hands are always a shenim, and therefore they can't be make another shenim. So my law, shenim udalo avit, ha-shlishi avit. So doesn't it mean that Rabbanim say it could make a shlishi? Which means that they say it is uh posta havero. So in Rishua it says Matame. No, maybe Chacham is saying it doesn't make anything. There's one Matame hand doesn't make it. So we don't have a Machloket Tanaim here. But rather the high Kani Tanaim, you're right, we do have a Machloket Tanaim that expresses the notion if the Tommy hand touches the Torah hand, is the Torah hand postal or Matame? We just saw this Machloket. Rebbe said, that a dried-off hand, which is Tame, touches another hand, it's Metame Lakodesh. It's only Postal, not Metame. So that exactly is the Machloket, whether it's Metame or Postal. Good. Okay, now, the Ma'ala, uh, uh, number 10, which is Ochlin Ochlin Neguvim Yadana Suavot. You're allowed to eat uh, dried-off food that's Truma, if your hands are not washed, but not... Kodesh. He says, since when does it help to have dried off food for Kodesh? Let's remember, and this will be a couple seconds of a, of a uh, preface, uh, that for the issue of Tumat Ochlin, Tumat Ochlin happens only when the food has gotten wet. 
that that wetness has to be something that happened intentionally. Kiyutan, kiyite. has to be something that happened intentionally, or at least it's something that you were happy with. So if you had stuff you were drying out on the roof and it rained on them, you're, that's, you're not happy about it. Uh, somebody spilled water on it. But if it happened, you say, oh, I'm glad it got washed off, then that makes it mukshalatuma. So the fact is, chiba kodesh, the fact that there's so much adoration for the kodesh, that chiba is mashrit even without water. So there is no such thing as dried off kodesh food. There is physically dried off, but not halachically. We're talking about a case where you didn't touch it, meaning your friend stuck it into your mouth. You used yourself some sort of a tool that doesn't have a big keyboard or something. It's not itself matame, like a flat plate. Or it says, you take eight. And you decided to eat some chulin with them. So in the case of Kodesh, there were goes there because of the concern that you will, um, you're going to reach into your mouth to touch this chulin you have in there and you'll touch the Kodesh. Alright? They didn't make such a zero for Truma. Good. And the last of the Ma'alot was Ha'onein Ha'mochusaki Purim. That's what he said, that in Onain, somebody who's not allowed to eat kochim today because uh, somebody of his relatives died, even though he wasn't at the funeral, he didn't uh, touch the maid. And Machusa Kippur, Mazav, Zav, Matsar, and after the period is over, and then to bring the Korban, they still have to do another tefillah for Kodesh, but not for Truma. Maitama, Kemazan, Ha'id, Navo, Asiri, Tzrichinu, Rabban, and Matzvilah. Since until now they were not allowed to eat kochim, so it's sort of as a transition marker that now they're allowed to eat kochim, you have to do tefillah. And here, if you think about it, it's not really a ma'alav kochim over Truma. Because the fact is they were allowed to eat truma last night after they went to the mikvah and the sun went down. So, it, so there's, there'd be no reason for them to have another tefillah for, for, uh, for truma. Here, on the other hand, they were asr v'kodshim until this point. Now that the Muslim, there's a transitional point of tefillah. So we have finally concluded our analysis of the 11 ma'alot of Kodesh over truma. We saw parenthetically, just a bit of a summary, that they break down into several types of categories including things that are clearly xera to keep us uh, away from the possibility of Mithamiyat HaKodesh, like one hand holding Kodesh, the other hand holding Tumat Midras, etc., or the issue of Chatzitza, the tied uh, garment. Um, some of them are clearly just a Ma'ala Bakodesh in order to keep a greater distance away. Um, and some of them may even have the roots in the Torah, such as the Hebrew Revi Bakodesh, uh, of course, of Hanin, also the issue of, um, of, um, of, K- of, of, um, of things being collected in one kli, uh, all being together, right? So there are some, uh, Rav Hanin suggested so, right? Uh, Yossi suggested that uh, the fact that a basar or shlishi is, uh, is a tame as a, as in Kodesh is so, right? So we saw this, uh, this collection of different concerns that together made the 11 Malot of Kodesh over Truma. In the next podcast, we're going to study a relatively short piece, which is the next Mishnah, Mishnah Dawid, which will discuss a Malot of Truma over Kodesh. But it's really because of a Malot of Kodesh over Truma.